Hello, everyone, and welcome to Carbide Content. I'm one of your hosts, Dalen from MachineWise. I'm David from Contraption Collection, and I probably have strep throat. I'm Grant from Fellowship Blades, and I uh, am back from my lack of Christmas spirit. Uh, I'm John from Triaxis, and I'm just doing the regular stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, uh, John, I think you had year-end questions. Yeah. They're not a big deal, but since we don't ever do anything like on topic, which is mm -hmm. obviously fine, but I just wanted to know off the cuff, and you guys can just go like one after another. What is your best purchase or decision you made this year that you can think of right now? And then your worst purchase or decision this year? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it can oh be within boy. the last two hours if that's all you can think of. <laughs> Oh, well, man. I, I I think I can go first. Right. Um, I think my worst decision, because I'm just looking that I only released uh, five videos in the last year. And, uh, you know, I, before that, I had been releasing fairly consistently every month. Um, and I think a lot of that was to do with me trying to experiment with the scissor bending stuff. And, uh, I, I think that I put way too much time into that, that I didn't need to and mm. ended up just going to a lower hardness, um, and still like frustrated with it, still like experiment with it. But, um, you know, I still, I still feel, I have like discomfort about it, but I think just being like, Hey, you know, they cut paper and you know, they, I can make them reliably, you know, I can sell a few and be happy rather than trying to just really only go for perfection where they have to be 60 Rockwell. They have to cut everything. Um, you know, so I was actually able to finally sell after all these years. Nice. Just awesome. Yes. You guys uh, think I, of anything? Yeah, I guess I'll go next. Um, worst would definitely have to be the VF one. Uh, that was just a nightmare. Um, that, was, yeah. that was within this year, the machine you just crushed. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was within this podcast. Time. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, for Update for anyone who hasn't caught up. I bought a used VF1, freighted it in, set it up, had a Hostech come look at it. It ended up being a paperweight. And I literally just went and scrapped it. Um, all, all in all, way too much money. And time invested in that. Oh thing. yeah, yeah. Um, Oz's used prices are not—they're not sane. No, and, no. and yeah, I don't want to get too far into it, but I—I I thought just because it was a hostel, I was like, oh, they—they they could support it, and I'll—I'll I'll be able to get a machine out of it. And yep. it's just—just just a mistake. It's just a big mm -hmm. mistake. Um, best would have to be hands down hiring uh, my buddy Zeke. The, I can't even imagine the company right now without Zeke on it because it, it's just a wild difference. Oh, yeah. Um, so not really a purchase, but, but you know, a huge business move of having a dedicated employee, uh, specifically a machinist, to take that huge load off and allow me to focus efforts, kind of allow us both to focus efforts on what we want to do or where we need to be focusing efforts. It, it, you know, this entire month I've been just doing accounting. Um, oh, man. Awful, <laughs> but mm -hmm. it's like yeah, I I can do it, and the business is still running, and 
uh, yeah, that's good. So, yeah, those nice. are mine. Nice. So, I mean, yeah, I didn't really think about um, employees as, like, I, I guess a purchase, but in some ways it is. <laughs> I won't say that, though, even though that is probably the same for me. Yeah. My machinist and the assembly intern are both amazing. You just said and, best decision and worst decision, so. Yeah, right. Yeah, it could but be I mean, either. Yeah. Either one. I mean, <laughs> before that, my, my thought was um, a split for the best decision on hydraulic holders and the OSG ball in mills. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Um, hydraulic holders are fantastic. I love them so much. They're so good. It's just the amount of time you save swapping out tools because we swap out tools every day mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Um, worst purchase? Gosh, the Okamoto? Worst decision. Worst decision. <laughs> I, that's tied for one of my better ones. Right I know. <laughs> I know. It's funny too because I don't regret buying the Okamoto. Yeah. Um, it's just a step it, in the direction. Yeah, exactly. It's a stepping stone, but yeah, I guess that's a, that's what I got. Wow. Nice. Well, uh, the ones I could think of just sitting here because it was truly off the cuff was the those tumbler the wall bumps that I made that I three D printed. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, horrible idea. <laughs> I scrapped. <laughs> I scrapped so many parts doing that because oh. they got caught oh, against no. them, and I was like. Where are those handles? I'm pretty sure oh. I put them in this bin. And I was mm. like, no, I must have put them somewhere else. <laughs> oh, no. So walking away. I'm like, no, they're in here. And then digging through them and going, oh, there's, there's a huge gouge in here. That's amazing. Oh, oh. That's like one of the many, 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 many small, like, wrong, bad decisions, I guess, I made. But that's just yeah. the way it is. And then I think the Lang stuff is probably... It hasn't paid off yet, but I think that was the best, like as far as big purchases slash slash decisions go mm. for this year. And because I feel like I repeated this year as the same as last year. Like oh. I don't know. I made progress, but at the same time, it feels like not really. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm. it's like a very I'm on like the very slow uphill, I guess. Okay. But yeah, it seems like you're pumping out knives, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I the right before I came in, I had one done this week and I was like, you know, the person was they were asking about it. And I was like, yep, it'll be it'll be done this week. And I'm like, yes, it's done. Finally, and I go to put the lid on it and I'm like looking at the extras notes and I'm like lanyard slot delete. Wait a minute. Oh, oh no. no, no, this one has a lanyard. Oh, and brutal too, too many my, choices my, man my really poor defense was there's a one there's another knife that i'm working like kind of parallel them together and it doesn't have a lanyard slot so i was mm. like okay i gotta make sure to like this one does and this one doesn't kind of thing because it was listed in the notes like customer notes because this person messaged me later about it mm-hmm. so that's like supplied on the the order somewhere else because i like print out the the book spot essentially and yeah. then put them on the table that way you can like gather parts and track it that way because mm-hmm. they're just too complicated otherwise to try to memorize what mm-hmm. i was supposed to be doing and the lanyard sought delete as an option shows up in the option chain but it's like in the middle so you don't really pay attention to it necessarily because it doesn't stick out yeah and that's why so if that was just like just one of those it's an assembled sellable knife but you know, people are waiting, so I feel yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Damn it. Yeah. So, yeah. Plans for 2023. Oh, Somebody go. A... David, go. I should definitely have those. You're, that's a good <laughs> idea, John. What? Plans? I, I don't Maybe have any plans, plans for 2023. Well, I think I said that I ordered a blasting cabinet. Yep. Yeah. Um, I I think I think I'm gonna try to make more videos, but it is hard, and it's it's harder to. I don't want to just put out videos for the sake of making videos, and right. so, you know, I think I think that there's some good ideas, uh, that I have that I might feel like I can justify. You know, the last year I was just like, I gotta get one out, and it's 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 crazy that it took so long. It took like the whole year to sell. You know, I basically had the aluminum prototype at the end of last year, and it's just like so many little little things and like issues with anodizing or or you know trying to to figure out stuff with the blades. Um, it's like hard to even look back and and see like where did I put my time. Uh, because I, I was using that time to not make videos. Um, but I don't think all of it was used well, but you know, I did try new things like, you know, I didn't have a tumbler until this year, I don't think. Um, and so <clears throat> I hope I can figure out a balance next year where maybe I'm making more videos and maybe I'm also just, even though I'm more consistent, I can you know, sell, sell sell scissors, but also, uh, you know, have enough stuff figured out that I have time to do more fun stuff too that would make for good videos, I guess. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of exactly like in the same thought process. Like I spend an extremely long amount of time working, but I think back and I'm like, what did I even do with it? <laughs> like, yeah. It should have been more. I don't like, I don't know. There's just so many small things that it's really hard to describe to people or mm -hmm. just it. every little thing takes time and adds up and it's hard to, I guess, calculate like even walking across to grab multiple different things adds up over, you know, over a month. I don't know how many minutes that is or hours, but that stuff yeah. does add up, but it's white noise to your, to your memory, you know? Just like making a slightly different, a slightly different fixture for you know, marginally better <laughs> results. Like, right. That's not worth making a video about necessarily. Yeah. yeah. But, but at this, at the same time, like you do have to remember that most people have absolutely no idea. Like to, it's a thing to even begin with. Like, Oh gosh. Yeah. Just cutting metal to start yeah. and then to actually modify something. Like people just think it's cool in general, regardless of how, um, mundane it might seem to you now because you compare it to people above you in your field but there are people outside the field who have absolutely no idea what's going on essentially but yeah I know what you mean yeah yeah what are you guys gonna do Daylid Grant next year spend all the first grant and yeah, I guess I'll go first uh, I feel like I have too many plans which is <laughs> uh I feel I, that's kind of rare for me in my life, but I feel like in the past year it's been a consistent theme. Um, yeah, that new spindle is uh, that'll be happening probably in January, assuming yeah. um, assuming QuickBooks operates. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, so New Spindle, I have... Um, worked for FTX. Do what? <laughs> I said it worked for FTX. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's about as well as it's working for me right now. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, yeah New Spindle, uh, I will be definitely making some sort of aluminum knife on that spindle, uh, at least prototyping and, and doing a small run or something, because... Uh, I, I have like three different aluminum designs that I just can't make because the Medusas are taking up production. Yeah. Um, uh, on that note, uh, Kukri's are in production as of today or nice. yesterday. And so uh, we actually have been making handles for the past like two weeks without making blades. Oh. And so I have 50. Yeah, I have I have 55 handles, so 27 ish. Uh, knives where the handles just in inventory, and so mm-hmm. with the new Kukri program, not only Kukri's are fantastic, uh, we can get there. It's a six hour cycle time, so we can run that program twice and get six blades per day. And Have you so, prototyped the blade for it before, or is this uh, completely brand new IP essentially? The, uh, I, I did a prototype like a month and a half ago or something like that, so, maybe so a month ago. Yeah, so you're very confident and like you'll be able to basically tweak something into working with all the handles pretty quick then. Oh yeah, we've already gotten to serial number 13 or something and they're working. Gotcha. Um it's 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 kind of I didn't realize this that like starting over on a totally new base uh was way more challenging than just a new blade for my base. Like coming up with the Medusa platform, I forgot how hard that was from the pit mm. vipers. It was such yep. a it, it was a leap. And so when I tried to do the gaboons, I just kept forgetting how many steps and tolerances and everything that was playing. And I got a working prototype, but I just really wasn't happy with it because it was like I was trying to rush some things and didn't realize that I, how much time was actually going to be involved with fixturing everything and totally new ideas, new materials, new end mills, like everything was new. Yeah. Um, and so taking a step back and just being like, okay, I know how to work with steel. Uh, regretfully, I know how to work with hardened steel quite well at this point. And then the OSG ball end mill completely changed the game. And so it was actually shockingly easy to transition to just making a kukri blade because I knew I knew all my tolerances for the medusas. I know the zen pin, uh, zen cups, and the zen nipple. Like I know everything how they should fit. I know my flatness tolerances. Everything works. Um, all of the hardware is exactly the same. So like no more logistical problems. That was, that was the other big thing. Is like I ordered a thousand pivots. I think or maybe it was like five hundred pivots for the gaboon. Um, and, I, you know, that project is still in limbo. So that was just a yeah. lot of money that just got paused. Um, anyway, long story short, Kukri is rocking and rolling. Uh, really, really nice. So early 2022 or early 2023, we're going to be making a new set of handles to go dedicated for the Kukri blade and then kind of have two versions of the Medusa that are in the product line. I like it. Uh, um, yeah, new new aluminum, new spindle. Uh, I had another thing that I was going to talk about. Totally forgot though. Do you know without getting into it what's what spindle you're going to go with? Uh, the style, uh, probably the X7 with the 16 uh, tool changer and a tool setter, and that's that's it. 
with the with the syntax or the style control. They have they have the base control is like kind of stupid, and then the medium control is like syntax or style. I forget exactly what it is. And then they have the Siemens control, which is like a ten or fifteen thousand dollar option. Yeah, um, get a different machine if you wanted Siemens control then, because it's like you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I built it out with the Siemens and like everything, and it was like eighty thousand dollars total. Wow. Um, yeah. And frankly, it, with the Siemens control and with the the epoxy granite casting and everything, like it probably would be just as good as, or it would probably compete with the similar brother or used brother type machine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's like you know a couple, like t- ten or fifteen more grand, and you are looking at a brother. And I would much yep. rather have a brother just by namesake. So, um, yeah, so I dumbed it down going back to kind of just bare, mostly bare bone style, but with larger tool changer and obviously a tool setter because that's just a necessity for me. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's most of my plans. Dalen, what, nice. what do you got? Yeah, so for me, I have a lot of plans for 2023, a lot of things I want. Um, so this might be more than what will happen, but I'm going to try for it. Uh, I need, I want another spindle. I want two more dedicated employees, and I want turning capabilities. Nice. Oh. And I want all of that so I can pull back and not be a technician anymore. Yeah, I right. gotcha. Mm-hmm. That'd be huge. So it would be. Um, definitely the spindle and at least one employee is very very doable early this coming year. Uh, mm-hmm. the determining capabilities is the part that uh, I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Do you have yeah. any plans as far as like getting turning into your shop? Or is it just like whatever comes along, we'll give it a shot kind of thing? Or do you have like a uh, concrete idea for something? I mean, so I mean, not really. No plans, honestly. Uh, the problem is uh, self-funding machine equipment. Yeah, uh, I I can't swing. I probably can't swing two full machine purchases in just hard cash in one year right now. Yep. Yeah, because I mean the mill I want to get is an NSU, like hands down. Mm-hmm. And then I mean ideally I want I want a Citizen L twelve. Yeah, you think you'll get the style if it goes cash. well for Grant? If it goes well for Grant, I would. I mean, I would probably buy one on the spot after Grant gives it a raving review. Yeah, I'll, 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 we'll see. And yep, I'm very curious about the style. Yeah, have you reached out, Grant, to them about lead times and stuff, or they have stuff in stock, or do you not know yet? Yeah, so uh, I don't remember. Oh, I was talking to uh, TJ about this. So, style is in the style U.S. distributor, or like uh, whatever they are. Uh, they're in Houston, and so it's literally like a town drive away. That's yeah, awesome. a, a Texas town. It's four hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Yeah, but yeah, so they they have two in stock right now, X sevens, uh, including oh. the one that has a tool changer. And so I could buy it today. I need to get um, my loan in order, which is why I'm doing QuickBooks to get actual books together. Yep. Um, and if they don't, I believe they are having a shipment in January of X fives and X seven. So. It's like a month lead time for them to hit the U.S. And then I don't know what their normal shipping lead time is. Uh, but they yeah. do have two in stock. And I've reserved one. So Gosh, it's reserved. Okay. Yeah. So I'm in it. Um, 
I'm, Even I'm a month s- is a really good lead time, honestly. Yeah, oh, which yeah. is why I went to the X7 over the X5, because they don't have any X5s in stock uh, until until late January. So if I can get a machine in 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 January, then that's that's huge. So yep. So if they have it in stock, do they have any show like 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 show floor floor models for checking out? I'm not Could sure. You go yet. there and look at one run. Well, so I, I'm I want to get everything. I'm it's you know it's that catch one too of like, do you get your loan sorted before you talk to the machine payment and, and get everything? And so I want to figure out my books because that's just been taking up so much time that uh-huh. if I can start the loan process, then I can kind of stop thinking about it and then yep. i'm gonna call and be like hey can i drive over and and look at one or even if it's still in a crate like can i just o- open it up kind of thing or something something like that yep. um, okay so i don't know yet I, I haven't asked that question i am set on getting it just because i talked to D- tj for a long time mm-hmm. and and he's he's making good parts off of it and, and at the end of the day if I can make good that's parts, all that matters. that's all that matters. And, and yep. we'll, we'll see the intricacies and, and I'm sure just it'll confirm everything. I think, uh, whenever I go see it in person, but yep. I'm not yep. super worried about it. Nice. Yeah, I, cool. I, I think you should try to see it in person, like as soon as you can, because like, you're right. It's probably fine since you're talking to TJ, but, uh, you know, you know, machines as well. So if you go see it in person, it's like, Oh, this is like, everything is crappily welded together or whatever. It looks bad. You know, maybe you will change your mind, but you know, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I, I will. I'll definitely see it in person before, you know, the, the check is, is signed, I guess, or, or whatever mm-hmm. the metaphor is. Um, that's super but, lucky. Like four hours is nothing yeah. for a decision like that. Oh yeah. And when, and like, I could realistically, not that I have a truck that could take it, but I could I could drive over there with a truck and have it <laughs> loaded on and drive back. That's awesome. Um, which is yeah, super cool. Nice. Let's do a heist, guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they got two of them. Yeah, John, Dale, and, Dale, and figure because well, you were still talking about the the Swiss, but yeah, I was curious about the um, the style a little bit more. The uh, the L12. Do you plan mm-hmm. on? Do you have experience with? I feel like you have experience with Swiss machines. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm rusty. It's been I haven't ran them since or programmed them since before I started machine wise, but I used to do it a lot. Gotcha. So, it, so you, there'd there'd be a learning curve again to some extent, but I'd, it it'd be more remembering than relearning. Yeah. Would you be hand programming these or trying to actually get a cam system for them? hand program through and through unless I'm doing surfacing. And if I'm doing surfacing, I'm going to program it in, in Fusion and then cut the code out manually. Oh, gotcha. wow. Because you're only going to get postable code for a citizen's, like like almost any Swiss lathe, uh, either from Autodesk Park Maker or Esprit. And they're both insanely expensive. Yeah. Yeah. There is there is one where a buddy of mine was looking at, but and then some okay. has a Sugami, I think. And oh yeah, Sugami's. I don't, I don't know anything about Swiss lathes, but there is a what appears to be a hi- hierarchy of like Swiss lathes, I guess, like mm-hmm. tier list. Yep. But they had um, at IMTS they had a demo of their. It is turning software, and it's free with a machine purchase. It is interesting. Basic compared to something that's you know like part maker. Yeah. You could definitely get by, I think, 
with it from what I could tell. It was okay. like you import a solid body kind of and then work yep. off that. Okay. But, so I mean, pretty much any part made on a Swiss is going to be pretty simple and like the programs will be in like very, very short. Mm-hmm. Uh, partially because you have extreme memory limitations, at least on all the L12s and like even the L20s that we had at, at the company I used to work for. Yeah. Um, they had, a, I believe, upgraded memory. They had live fifth access capabilities and they had 64 kilobytes of memory, I want to say. Oh my God. Oh. On like yeah, a you know three hundred and fifty thousand dollar machine, what that is what, stupid. <laughs> I don't what, understand that in the industry. It, it made me angry, and it still does. That's wild. Yeah, it's it it's great. Um, and I did a lot of surfacing on them, so I I had to do a lot of like hand program surfacing and like a lot a lot of um of variable driven programs, macro programming, and like having the program loop back through with different wow. variable, you know, values to do different things. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's Holy it's God. a whole thing on top of the fact that programming a Swiss and setting it up is already its own ecosystem of nightmares. Yeah. Yep. You'd buy used or new if you could. Oh, if I could new all day long. Yeah. I can't just, like <laughs> the cost the new versus used is like it's ridiculous. It's I would entertain used. Like if I could find a used, you know, citizen star, whatever for like 30 grand with a bar feeder and it turned on, mm-hmm. I, oh would, I would, you, I would contemplate and without like multi-axis stuff. Definitely. Okay. So yeah, that's, that, that's something I would maybe entertain, but you can't. And the only, like I would buy used again. I'm having more lathe problems this last month, but Oh no! I would if you can go to like a turning shop that you know they turn like the same thing every day, mm-hmm. and yep. like they can show you it running, and you were like, these guys probably didn't crash this. That's a pretty good sell, I think, as far as used goes. But yep. buying so, one out of the back of a van off of a Facebook marketplace. Yeah, right. Let me tell you <laughs> one thing. <laughs> Let me one thing about uh, Swiss lathes. You're never gonna buy one that hasn't been crashed. Mm. Oh no! Yeah, I bet the, that's true. Yeah, the travel's a little, a uh, little tight there. Yes, and I mean, like, even you know, if your if your part off tool breaks, and for some reason, the the overload sensor for the spindle doesn't, you know, stop the machine, it'll just start ramming bar stock into itself. Oh god! That's, oh my gosh! Yep. Like, yeah, no, there's. It's more so bumps than crash, like real hard crashes. But I mean. In the first week of any Swiss's life, regardless of where it's going, I'm pretty sure it's been bumped at least once. Yeah. I would Jeez. love to have one, but I just... I don't know. There's something to be said about being able to take a part and program it and then run it within a day instead mm-hmm. of having set it up. And that was the that's the thing with like Swiss is that it doesn't bother me, but it's like... It's a big learning curve if you've never touched one. It was a and, huge learning curve, yes. Yeah, so I'm like... Just but even still, um, I, I was taking like, you know, I was going from idea to model to program to running production, usually within a day on on a lot of the machines, depending on part complexity. Mm-hmm. So it gets you can definitely do a setup on a Swiss for, you know, simple parts like a bushing. Yeah. Quick, easy setup. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably when you start to get into any of that multi-axis stuff that it gets a little crazy that are like yep. offset holes and stuff. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. And especially, uh, 
parts that aren't round anymore that you want to grab in the sub. So you have to make weird, weird collets that index with, you know, indexable spindles to, you know, get it into the yep. collet, things like that. All kinds of weird stuff. Those take longer. I've dealt with that on, on my yeah. like, yep. between trying to get like fusion to post workable code and then just guessing the GNM codes that the thing needs because they're not yep. listed in the manual, but they're actually right. legitimate. You need these codes, uh-huh. especially the subspital orientate codes and then have mm-hmm. it like lock in that orientation not in the manual yeah right oh, gosh one thing that's really nice about citizen is uh if it has a citizen control on it you can pull up every single g and m code on the control oh, nice. like, mm. on the fly it's actually pretty nice yeah hmm. but yeah i would love love a swiss lathe any turning capabilities with a sub spindle i'd be open to yeah honestly mm-hmm. turning is so nice is it as is. much as i complain about stuff mm-hmm. I mean, that lathe, when it works, it's like, you know, it's old and slow, but I mean, it's like one or two tenths over like a pretty short amount of time as far as like temperature change goes. And it's like, okay. I wish the mill would do this. Like, <laughs> right. Lathes are kind of kind of strange, but they yep. do work. They do. Yeah. We should have started making lightsabers instead of knives. Yeah, right. Dude. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably making flashlights. Well, maybe. I I've thought I've been wanting to do suppressors. That's a very okay. gun thing, but it's such an easy part. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like the tube is, but all the baffles, like uh well, I guess those can be just circles too, but yeah. Depends how fancy you want to get. I I just I don't know, it's ripe for ripe for the stuff that I want to do. And on a lathe oh, yeah. part, you could easily pump them out. Yeah, I mean, it fits right into your shop. Like, yeah. um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not ecosystem, but your uh, vibe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that. Yep. Because yeah. you and Zeke are both gun people, right? Yeah, and and Rage. We're we're oh, all yeah. gun nuts, and that yeah, would just you be met Rage at Airsoft, cool right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it would just be super cool. And I learned this literally yesterday. Apparently, there is a Texas. Uh, Pretty well known suppressor manufacturer, literally like a five minute drive from my shop. So, oh wow, I, I want to go visit and talk to them for a little bit and oh, totally pick their brain and just you know vibe for a little bit. Nice, yeah. another um, heist. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Although that one's, <laughs> yeah, maybe they're not the right people to rob, <laughs> probably not. You don't have any lathe plans, Grant, do you? Uh, I did for a little bit of this year, and then I kind of wanted to refocus, uh, which is where I got to the sile. Um, I was going to do, um, I was actually looking at a lot of uh, what is it, Akumas. Um, oh, yeah. And that, that kind of world, because I, I was wanting a live tooling bar fed lathe to yeah. whatever I was. Okay. The part I was trying to make was a pistol compensator, because if you did it on a bar fed live tooling lathe, you could just print them. And have yeah. it just spit those out. And I was like, this is nobody makes titanium ones. This would be a really cool part, a innovation in the market. And like it's pistol compensators aren't regulated um, like suppressors or anything. So I wouldn't have to go through the rigor mold to get FFL and a lot of licensing. Yeah. Um, but it would also be an entry for my shop into the gun industry, which is, you know, really hard to compete in. So it'd be a really cool thing. Um but at the end of the day, it was banking 
you know, a hundred grand on a unknown market possibility where I know my current shop and designs are working in the battle song and knife space. And so I kind of want to double down there before I transition and open up a little bit. Um, Plus, yeah, because I've I've really been feeling the burn for a second spindle for at least the past four months or so. Um, Because we we have so many designs that we want to play with or even just like getting the Kukri to production like we were just trying to find space at the end of the day and squeeze it in whenever we could and it was just it made everything so much slower um and at the end of the day efficiency wise we've probably wasted thousands of dollars of of like machine time that Mm -hmm. could have been one way or another and it was just kind of eating my like business owner brain alive it's like i could be making money but because i have one spindle i can't and Mm -hmm. yeah um anyway so I need a second spindle and then I can worry about new stuff because the Haas is, is running the shop. Uh, we're making profit, not, not a ton in the regards of like the grand scheme of things, business profit, but like we're all taking home a paycheck and it's, you know, enough that we can grow the shop. Um, but to really move to the next step, I, we need two spindles to, to blow up. Yeah. So. Um, I think that's a good reason, reasoning yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. David, uh, where's your new spindle at? Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I, 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 didn't say that. I know you're getting one this year. I didn't say that on my plans, but yeah, I'm uh, hopefully getting three phase installed soon and nice. Keep nice. going back and forth on what I want to do. Yeah, um, but I mean, uh, there's two styles in stock, man. We can get a two for one. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll see how it goes with you. I, I still <laughs> yeah. have my skepticism as of said i really hope it works out though and it's and at least for at least for one person we know it did yeah yeah no. yep. I'd, i'm definitely willing to take the risk uh i'm probably not smart how risky i am especially after the hoss but like if it works it's gonna be a game changer because uh, I, I for me it's like if this works i'm gonna buy another one because it's for the money and the spindle it just it's easy not yeah. even a question yep so I guess, would you rather have multiple, um, what we'll call throwaway spindles versus, say, one forever spindle? So right now, I want multiple throwaway because okay. uh, it's less to do with, like, the Haas is a good machine and it's hard milling well. And I, I don't have accuracy or chatter issues or anything like that. So yep, yep. Um, it's definitely not a Kern, but for now, my good machine is satiated. Yep. But I'm having a huge problem of just, I can't open those doors and play. Um, Fair. And so I need multiple machines so that if we want to transition parts around, or the biggest thing for me is R&D. If we want to work on a new project or make mm-hmm. fixture clamps, I don't want to shut down my moneymaker to do that. Right. Yep. Um, and so the style is one, it will become a production machine, but it's just less, I'm less worried when the style is going to be down. Uh, the Haas needs to run like to, to run the business, at least for, you know, I, I realistically at the moment have a single product. So that yes. product needs to run until I have multiple products to get multiple products. I need a second spindle to play with. Um, yes. And so, yeah, I just need any spindle that can do the job in the door. And then, on that same vein, I think I think the diminishing return is like right now it's a hundred percent. I need a spindle, 
after that, it's probably like 50%. I would want a third spindle and then it's okay. 0%. So immediately yep. three spindles with our, with our shop and employees. I don't know if it, I'm really getting a better return by adding another one into the shop, but yeah, if, if we had three, we could run at least two distinct product lines at full production, whether that be, you know, a high end titanium Medusa type or Medusa type bow song and then an aluminum trainer slash live blade, lower end bow song. And then we have another one we can continue to R&D. Because um, I think I've talked about this before. I, I feel like my shop, both myself and Zeke, and really Rage, whenever um, we, we kind of train them up a little bit more, our power is going to be quick uh, iteration and new designs. And like and we, we all just brainstorm new, really cool stuff and it's really easy to think about and we have the capability and the knowledge to make it but we just are lacking in the machine department right now okay um, yep so i feel like my hands are tied until i get more spindles and i right. hate that feeling oh <laughs> so. I'm, yeah i'm i'm in a similar boat i have four product lines that i want going at all times three of them are going at all times i only have two spindles yeah and that's tight it gets really it's tight. very tight yep yeah um, so yeah i need a, at least one more spindle Preferably two, but yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I kind of go back and forth, and it, and the, for me, the style is not really a throwaway, as much as it's just less capable. You know, it's okay. it seems like a Toyota Camry instead of a Mercedes or or whatever. Like that's fair, yeah. It, it'll run. I'm not expecting it to like like a, the used Haas, right? That was a throwaway. I knew that was a throwaway. I was hoping to get a year out of it, um, and and I knew it was gone. The style is kind of the similar idea of like, if I get a year out of it, it'll definitely pay for itself. Yep. Um, but it's, it's a brand new machine. It should be much more than that. Oh, totally. Um, and for, for the parts I want to run on it, it's going to be aluminum parts and maybe soft milled steel and, and stuff like that. Or maybe like titanium op threes that just, I want to get off the Haas or something like that. Who knows? But um, it shouldn't be as heavy as a workload as I'm putting on the, the Haas. Um, and yeah, you know, it's not, it's not a forever machine, but I think it, for right now, it, it's the most sense just to get a spindle. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. If you need to buy like some pliers, let's say, do you try to research and then buy the best pliers you can buy? Hmm. Or do you not just, when it comes to hand tools like that, or just, do you just buy like whatever? I just, yeah, I'll go to McMaster or Amazon. Because I'm definitely the type of guy where I'll put way too much time into something that, like, the marginal benefit's pretty small, probably. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think, like, it, it gets hard with, with certain things like machine tools where, you know, you know the kern is, like, the best, but it's obviously unreachable, um... But you know it could be it can it can vary a lot because with me it'll also be like things with like camera lenses you know camera lenses can be a huge purchase and so you you want to try to get the best you can but yeah. uh, there's a point where it's like is the eight hours of research done any you know is it gonna really do any appreciable difference um, and yeah. you know you have to say no sometimes i guess yeah. right I'm, 
my my general idea is um everything that's low end just completely ignore it it's not worth it i've i've done that it you know you break your screwdriver you strip screws whatever not worth it but then the super high end um depending on what it's for if it it's if it's a critical part then yeah i get a weha or you know whatever whatever um some german screwdriver kind of thing mm-hmm. um but i typically end up at klein you know i i get a good quality well made for the price um because there, there's the diminishing return is like this screwdriver is 85% of what a screwdriver could possibly be but to get to 95% is like the same price of the screwdriver times 3 but you still only get one screwdriver it's like that those kind of things no longer add up i just need a screwdriver uh you know i money needs to go elsewhere um that's kind of the same way i pr- i price my own product is i want to make the best bell song i possibly can for the money um like i could i could charge realistically a thousand dollars in in you know uh, two years ago before dalen and i really broke the market um you could charge a thousand dollars for what we're currently selling easily that's that's what was on the market um and that's that was the price that was if you want the highest quality battle song you you it's a thousand dollar or fifteen hundred dollar whatever battle song um and i just i don't that's not the way i see it if i want to buy the best battle song for the price in my head i i created it i i took it and went okay that's the medusa and i went for it um and yeah, so so there's there's a I have a line and that lines at like eighty five percent, whatever the best price is for the for the product. Yeah, I, I I was just thinking about it like uh, you know how how much you do or don't like the idea of of getting a quote unquote disposable machine. You know, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, want to get something that'll last a lifetime. And, uh, you know, for most of the time, I, I, I'd like that to be true, but, you know, the more I do things like this, the more I, I realize like, you know, you can't, you can't do that. It just doesn't always make sense. Yeah. Well, and it's not just a money thing. Cause, cause like, you know, you could spend a ton of time researching something and, uh, sometimes it's even worth saving the money, but the, the time involved or I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's. It's a good question. I think like in a in a at least in a modern economy that we all live in right now, you can make a bad decision on a machine purchase and basically come out from under it and act like it never happened. Like if you buy the machine that isn't the correct machine, you're like, okay, great. Sell it, then get the thing you need to do what you need and then just move on. Like yeah. there's very few decisions it seems like that you could make that are towards the direction of the thing you need that would completely put you underwater if it was just not the right machine type thing. You just sell it yep. and try again. Yeah. Because you have those chances, you know, yeah. like I don't know. there, there is a lot of that, like posturing yourself before you go and do a machine purchase like that is crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like with, for example, the VF1, I planned to take that VF1 and have it big money for me. And that was part of why I justified the purchase. Yeah. Um, and all in all, all in all, it was a pretty large purchase. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the largest oh, that was. I've actually 
done besides the Haas VF2. Um, And it ended up being not even sellable. And so I didn't even recoup my capital. But, you know, I moved on. It it Mm -hmm. didn't allow me to grow as fast as I was hoping. But I postured myself in such a way that if all that money disappeared, which it did, I was okay. Uh, Where I could easily have taken a loan and got a bigger and better machine or whatever that also might have failed. And then I would be truly underwater with a loan payment that's over my head and whatever. Um, right. You know, not not overextending yourself is part of that whole ball game. I think. Yeah. I think uh, there's just lots of situations where uh, um, I have just like decision paralysis. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've kind of learned, I my dad had me read this book called. Uh, I think it's called How to Decide. And uh, I feel like I just saw that like the other week. Someone else was talking about it. And uh, I, don't, I don't remember that much from it, uh, to be honest. Um, I should read it again. Um, but one thing was like, it was like, should you go to France or Italy on vacation? And and it's like, you're really struggling, but you're really struggling because they both seem so good. And then basically that means it isn't actually a hard decision because both choice will be good. Mm-hmm. You know, like right. the, the stress you're putting into it for like a 1% better vacation, it, you know, isn't worth it. Assuming the person actually enjoys both France and, and Italy, you know? It, uh, and so it's like, you know, I, I stress about uh, what mill to get, what brand to get. And I'm starting to realize like, uh, and I and I was talking to my dad about this. It's like in some ways we're going to be happy no matter what, probably, and in some ways we're going to not be happy no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. like, it's kind of taken some stress off of the decision, even though it's it's still you know going to be a big decision and, and an expensive decision. But it's like there isn't the perfect decision. Yeah, yeah. That's like I don't know if I've talked about that on the on like on here, but if you don't make a decision, you're not you're not doing anything. You're not learning basically. And you're not, mm-hmm. you're not failing from a decision. And then the other thing is like, if you only make like, let's say you, you go along and in, in a path or something along, you're trying to make palace songs or something. And every single step of the way, like everything is going good. And there's no, like, <laughs> you know, unrealistic, <laughs> obviously. but there's no, the there's, there's no roadblocks. And so you're unimpeded by things. Yeah. You, you're just being you're being really lucky and not actually learning anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like the decision making decisions and one of those decisions end up like they end up being wrong is a good thing because oh, yeah. the next time you have to make sort of a similar decision, you can kind of reflect and then kind of steer the path correctly. So I mean, two spindles that are similar, are they going to solve your problem? And typically you can go well, yes, of course, but this one is just marginally better. And probably what David is talking about is then spending the next couple of weeks and months asking people about what they think about that individual machine yeah. when you could have gotten either or and just been running it kind of thing. So mm-hmm. sometimes making just the decision is the best thing because it can help you with the decisions along. And, the I, way. and I think that's something I've, I've had to learn and, and, uh, and I had learned, um, I will say there is the opposite side of it too, which is Grant's situation with his VF1, where there is a like the time and energy spent into 
getting rid of a machine that didn't work out obviously exists too. So yeah, it's not like every yeah. decision's a good one either. You know, no. I will. I'll I'll say, and and I'm gonna probably regret these words. Oh no, I don't think I regret the VF1 purchase. Like it, obviously, if I knew it was a dead machine, I wouldn't have bought it. But also, I I went so many different roads after I bought that machine, and now I'm at a point where, like, but like when when the machine died and we realized it was dead. I turned around and looked at the VF2 and said, how do we fix the VF2 in the meantime? And that's how we ended up with the Kukri. And now my cycle time for blades is six hours instead of 12. And we like, we found a lot of capacity and made a really cool blade design. That is frankly, in my opinion, better than my original blade design. Um, So like that mistake in itself led to so many other trees that, improve the the shot no i mean um, people tend to regret more of what they didn't do than what they did do yeah because what you do do is what makes you you <laughs> or whatever that, and that so was... <laughs> oh, no, right i know there. it was beautiful uh yeah like you know um but but another another thing i've learned you can't do this with everything uh and I and I think I learned this a lot in in the last year, maybe even more so. Is is often the right decision is to just do both. So I'm heat treating stuff, and I'm trying to send stuff to a heat treating company to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. I'm grinding, I'm surface grinding stuff, and I'm sending stuff to be double disc ground to see how it goes. Because then you learn even more, and then you don't have to wait if it turns out one of them was a bad idea. I, the, the way I'd say it is uh, open as many doors as humanly possible and then pick which one to walk through. Um, and that's like exactly the same thing. It's like, okay, I don't know how to send things off to heat treat, but if I open that door, maybe that is just the right way to do it. Um, or like I started whenever I started heat treating, I bought the, the, oil, the, the steel foil uh, roll because I didn't even realize bags were a thing. And then now I opened the door of the Sentry backpack, which is like half the price of McMaster, just mm-hmm. because I was like, surely there's a better way to do this. And it took months to figure out how to open that door. But oh, opening yeah. that door allowed realistically kind of all of us, or at least me and Dalen, I think, John, you're, I don't, I don't remember what you're getting bag, your bag from, but like that's a lot of expense because we're heat treating a lot of blades all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, and... Just because you open the door, and I was gonna—I—I I, I don't remember if you remember this, Dale, at Blade Show. I was gonna—I was sticking to my guns about the foil. I was like, you know, the bags aren't worth yeah. it because uh-huh. the foil that. is so cheap, and you can just hammer it. Doesn't take a lot of time. Oh my like, god, yeah. I was—I was so wrong. Like <laughs> the bags are so great. They're they so great. No, it's—it's it's always good to try things. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and yeah, I—I um, yeah, I just uh, I definitely have had the mindset of like. I can do enough research that nothing will ever go wrong. I can like count for every possible aberration and mistake that could happen along the way. And, and you just, you just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, the last year for me was a lot more of working with other people. I think in the last year I got custom pins made. Someone else made pins instead of me as well as like the anodizing, the heat trading, the laser engraving, um, all that stuff. Grinding. Yeah. Super cool. I yeah. Learn learn as much as you can. Um, yep. 
I think I think that's probably all of our takeaways is to do it and figure out, learn it, you know. Oh yeah. Yep. John, what are your goals? I don't think we've had yours yet. Uh, let's see. Hopefully, not have to pull money out of my four hundred one k to survive. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. I Wait, think you have yeah. a four hundred one k. That's awesome. yeah from the military. Oh, oh right, yes. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that's my goal. Nice. Okay, that's I a good goal. Like, yeah. yeah, I think like the consistency, my consistency is getting better, and it's starting to like the definitely be l- less uh, stressful. But mm-hmm. for sure, it's like a the optimization game is definitely next year. Oh, I yeah. would love to talk a big game about moving and getting a shop and all that, but. That's not realistic. It's better just to improve on what I have, basically. And okay. uh, there's a lot of room, basically, that I can improve. And I don't know. Yeah, just just be better next year. <laughs> yep. Good goal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. Well, one last thing before we call it. Um, dual extrusion printers are the coolest thing ever, and I wish I would have bought one two years Dude. ago. Yeah, that thing is so cool. <laughs> right? I'm really jealous. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, I bought a... Um... Oh, what's up? Uh, continue your train of thought, but I have another thing after you. Cool, okay. Yeah, so I bought... I ventured into a Quidi, Chidi, it's a Q-I-D-I, however you pronounce that, uh, The their product lines like a year ago. Uh, with my with with my older 3D printer now because I do 3D printed boxes for all my products. Yep. And um, I was overall quite impressed with it. And it was time to get another printer because I can't keep up with boxes anymore. So I I spent uh like four or five hours on Amazon and researching, and I found uh I wanted something bigger. I didn't want dual extrusion. I didn't like. I was actually against it at first. Really? I just wanted a I, I just wanted a bigger printer that was more reliable, had auto bed leveling, things like that. Yeah. Um, and then I came across this is Queedy's like top top of the line option. So it's like it's their entry level to industrials like level of printers, FDM mm-hmm. printers at least. And it is phenomenal. Funny enough, it it, it has no auto bed leveling. Oh, are you serious? Wait a minute. <laughs> hey, what I, were we just talking about? I remember I a conversation. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure we had that conversation. The singular thing, the main reason, like, the one thing a printer had to have for me to buy it was auto bed leveling, and this does not have it. Oh my gosh. And it, wait, it's $2,500 and it doesn't have... Correct, yes. That's... What? Yep, so, hear me out. <laughs> So this is almost 100 pounds. It it weighs almost 100 pounds. Damn. Uh, The bed on it is massive. It's a it's a completely milled aluminum plate for the for the bed. That's bothering. It's on it's on linear rails on all axes. Like that. Um, it's a tank. I actually like I could I could maybe flex the entire like Z axis assembly probably five thou if I put decent force into it. That's that's like router quality. It's it's. If I, I could probably make chips in aluminum if I put a spindle on it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, please um, don't. No, I will not do that. Uh, <laughs> so 
auto bed leveling actually isn't an issue because you set it once and it just doesn't change. Okay. I'd, yep. That's that's reasonable. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, I found it. I like weedy stuff. It had dual extrusion, so I was curious about it. And then it kind of led down the rabbit hole of uh, completely redesigning my boxes and using TPU alongside PLA. So TPU for the hinges and anything else. Mm-hmm. What is that? That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, TPU. I don't know. Therm- I don't know what the uh, thermoplastic elastomer. That. Uh, yeah. It's it's a rubber like, you know, like a like longboard wheels. Okay. Like, yeah, it's it's like a it, it's a hard durometer rubber. Yeah, huh. it's, I think most of them are like 90A. Um, yeah, this is 95A. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but it's 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 really flexible, really strong. It has really, really good. Is it tensile strength? Like you can't stretch it yeah. and like like break it. Mm-hmm. Can you but, use a uh, regular so, nozzle to print it? Yeah, regular nozzle. Well, caveat. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, I believe you need a um, direct drive extruder, oh, yeah. not a Bowden setup. That, that's a very specific thing. Yep. Not in this and, day and age, fortunately. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it's changed a while since I actually messed with TPU. Yeah, um, yeah. But there, especially older extruders, like the Lulzbots had their own dedicated TPU extruder. They that did. was way too expensive, and I had to buy yep. one because I was... I did the same thing because my first printer was a Lulzbot. Hey, nice. Way back when. Yeah. Um, anyway, so th- there's a bunch of like clearances in the actual extruder driving uh, gears, if you call them that, teeth, mm-hmm. whatever they yeah. are. Yeah. And if there's too much clearance, TPU will just literally uh, flush yeah. itself out everywhere except the extruder. Uh-huh. Um, and so it has to be a pretty tight. Uh, most modern E3D extruders are fine. Uh, yep. But Bowden setups are not cool because it'll bend in the pipe or the mm-hmm. in the the PT PTFE tube. Yep. Uh, it's anyway. It's it's about as flat or yeah, it's as flexible as like a wet spaghetti noodle. <laughs> yeah, that's a good yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yep. But um, you're doing yeah. your uh, live live hinges and stuff with it. Yes, yep, yep, live hinges with it. Uh, I'm also using it. Um I'm lining the inside of the box with TPU, so instead of foam it's TPU. I I really like how you put it on the corners for like shock shock absorption yeah so one thing people have complained not complained but like people i i would tell people you know these the my current boxes they're not cases they're just for packaging you know they're just for Mm -hmm. presentation and people are are always like oh i want to you know use as a case i want to you know put my knife in in that and then put that in my backpack or whatever and so this box is designed to be a legitimate case that's sweet yeah can i ask you just and this is a little bit uh too in detail but are your uh tpu to pla connections mechanical fits or are they just like it's mechanical and i guess like chemical if you want to call it perfect okay yep so you you are like mechanically dovetailing it or whatever somewhere nice yeah and uh i i did a test with the lid and the box on the one that i put in the discord um i pulled on it with almost as much strength as i had and it did not come apart sweet oh yeah i'm i'm so excited i'll put a i have a one's printing right now the final version's printing right now so that's packaging awesome. is another thing i feel like i wasted a lot of time on this year what is oh, oh packaging packaging like trying to find packaging that was the right size and that i thought looked good and you know i just never really found anything that was exactly what i liked and yeah. so i was kind of skeptical of the 3d printing stuff if it was worth the time but maybe maybe it is me it is i don't, maybe mean, I I don't should know be pretty doing much it. like everyone that i've 
that I've talked to about like insourcing absolutely everything, including like 3D printing boxes. Most people are like, you're stupid. Don't do that. <laughs> and I, 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 I wouldn't trade it, honestly, for the world. Yeah, I, I like this new box. I, I'm still not sold on your old boxes. I, I like the idea. Yeah, I'm I just, not sold on them either. That's why I redesigned them. Again. Yeah. Um, I'm my. I mean, I think we talked about this, but I'm always in source as long as I'm going to create the best product in house. If yes. somebody else can do it better, then there's no reason to insource it. Right. Um, and but I, I do. I think this uh, multi material is is definitely. That's yep. leaning better than someone else could do. And mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, I didn't realize that that dual extrusion was the answer to all of my problems. Yeah. Until it was. It makes sense. I mean, composites are it's its own field of science, like for a reason. It, it's it is super powerful. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, it wasn't even this wasn't an idea I had until the moment I bought the printer. Yeah. Oh, that's so. Cool. So, yeah, right. So, yeah, that's been going well. I don't know how we got here exactly. I think. John had a question that I completely blew over, but I don't remember. That's the best. I don't either. Part. I know. Yeah. Speaking of packaging, before we get to Grant's question, that oh. thing he wanted to say, he yes. probably forgot as well. <laughs> but I got so the packaging I use is like they're wood boxes with foam, and because really I cool. Used, yeah, I used to be cutting the foam on the mill, and I said this mm -hmm. is so stupid. I hate this so much. I hate. <laughs> I'm not doing this. So I'd rather pay somebody lots of money to do everything for me but the feeling of wanting to be what is it vertically integrated is like when yeah you that's like the buzzword right. yeah yeah the feeling of wanting to be vertically integrated <laughs> came to uh my face when i opened the box of the 50 boxes that i ordered and i opened one and the foam was like one i thought it was cut from a solid sheet but i then found out they were glued together because they were glued like backwards and the oh, wrong yeah. and I was like, how do you mess this up? Like I said, just duplicate the last order, like kind yeah. of. Thing. So I opened the one box and I like am about to ship a knife because I was literally out of boxes and I was like, sweet, what am I going to do now? So right. I was like, OK, um, I'm about to send hit the send button on the email like, hey, all the phones wrong. And I was like, wait a minute, I should check the rest of the boxes. Luckily, like some of them were good, but six of them were not good. So I ended up having to open 50 of these boxes that are like wrapped in plastic. I mm -hmm. spent probably 20 minutes doing this. I was like, this is so stupid. Seeing which ones the foam was like glued incorrectly. And me and a me and a friend have this joke that like, so I buy everything for the knife has to be like just as like a, a personal level type goal is like it has to be sourced from the US. Like, mm -hmm. okay, at least at least cool. we think it's sourced from the US. So we were joking that like, oh, this company, it's like they're made in the US, but not really. They're just saying mm -hmm. they are and they have little Chinese kids put these boxes together because <laughs> they're glued all wrong. And I'm like, oh, you must have been right. So at least a uh, good joke came out of it. But and then the knives don't fit the same in the foam and like, oh, no, it's like probably one oh. eighth taller than the original one. Oh my gosh. So you have this like it's a passable thing but when you go to put the lid on top it kind of bumps into the knife. Oh no. Yep. Push it down and they also don't snap closed as well as they used to. So it's like are these 
at least the lid snapping thing that's not really like a legitimate you could complain about it because like well maybe the cutter they used on the router was a little newer on the old set but your 3d printing thing is making me think like hmm like but i opened that box and i was like this is why this is why uh, i hate treat in house too because i can't yeah yeah no one's gonna be at the level of quality that you want because it's not theirs exactly and it's i don't know it's just really nice to know that the only thing that's going to bottleneck my box like production is just how many printers i have yeah that's fair so yeah that's the fun on packaging packaging is nice (laughs) well that's that's kind of why i waited so long to get a blasting cabinet is i thought well i never want to be the one doing blasting like if it i'd rather not be part of the process of making the scissors but if it if it has to be then I don't want to be the one doing it because it's just more time consuming than like tumbling. Yeah. Right. Know, or like, you know, I'd rather be at the, at the mill. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, uh, again, it's like thinking about how, how, uh, how many of the products you're making or if you're prototyping and, uh, and just for prototyping, I think it's going to be great having a blasting cabinet. Uh, and I can decide later if, if I want to be the one doing it or not. But then even for stuff I sell, just just selling the first 10 and I have to do it is fine. Like I shouldn't be worrying about having to do thousands of them, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. there's there's no reason to that. It's not like I actually have to commit to how many I do myself. Right. Or maybe it is fine. Or maybe I get an employee. Who knows? <laughs> I, I, I blasted the first 100 knives I made. Uh, I hated yep. every second of it, but, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. And you still don't have a tumbler blaster. I can't believe you guys. Sorry. I've really I let you guys down on that. I, the tumbler the just was working. Yeah, the Kukri's turned out so good when I made that prototype that I just knew that they weren't going to need blasting. And I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to fix everything. That's really nice. I need to see I, one of those at some point. I, oh, it's yeah. so good. I, yeah. I have realized like that spending time at the machine and the machine running longer makes me happier that it tumbles faster more evenly. Then mm-hmm. I'm spending more time with Tumblr. Like, oh yeah, I'm yeah. So, but yeah. Um, on on totally unrelated note, uh, this is very Balsong oriented. Camaro okay. EE Ethan had Balsong end of the year awards. Yeah, I wanted to watch that. I missed it. Um, well, sorry, I'm going to spoil it for you. Congratulations, Dalen. Um, oh, your Prisma got Balsong of the year. Are what? <laughs> yeah. Holy nice. crap. Collective award, you're the worst award winner. <laughs> well, there's oh no. Yeah. So, I congratulations. That's a mate. Wow, okay. Yeah. I'm, Super cool. I mean, I'm legitimately surprised because the inception of the Prisma or like the reception of the Prisma when it first released mm-hmm. was overwhelmingly negative. Really? Oh, cuz it was the balance thing. Um, yeah, it was a funky balance for, I guess, a lot of people, this, that, and the other. Um, I, again, probably, I'd probably only focus on the negatives. Yeah. But, um, it felt extremely overwhelmingly negative at first. Yeah. Grant did tell you the award was actually for like the best redemption story. Yeah. Right. (laughs) No. So I was, I was nominated for best improvement, uh, which I, I think Squid Industries won like all of them. Um, I didn't win that one, uh, but yeah, uh, no, you're, it was at the end and, and it was, 
I, they they talked about the description and the reasoning. Everyone else should go watch it, and uh, it's it was a great time. Uh, but the, the thing is, it was for especially for the price range, like it just hadn't happened before, and it's so accessible, and it is a very good flipper. Despite, awesome. I because I I saw those reviews too, and I was like, these people are being stupid. Yeah, um, right. It's it's definitely unique, which is good. It's it's yes. you know, to me that's that's always a goal is it's it's unique right. it's different yeah it yep. doesn't flip like a kraken or whatever and that's no. okay um it's its own yeah like it fulfills its own necessity which then creates its own niche yeah exactly so yeah um super cool congratulations wow thank you I, that's mind-blowing to me yeah, yeah good work thank i think you. i was nominated for best like content creator or something yeah and i'm assuming i didn't win and if so that's probably good no, uh, Will Will won, I think. Uh, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, <laughs> actually releases videos more commonly. <laughs> actually, about real battle songs. I, it's it's super interesting. Uh, it's a cool but idea. It's, nom- it's an honor to even be nominated. Yeah, well, that's. I was a little bit like sad that I didn't win anything because I think uh, Squid Industries won Best Grail for the Tsunami and also Best. Yep. Uh, uh, they won best redemption story with the Squid Trainer V4 and best mid range okay. battle song. Uh, yeah, like they they just sweeped, and I was like, you know, that makes sense. They sell so many battle yeah. songs. Truly, it's, it was literally a popularity contest. Yeah, um, but to be nominated for me is actually like that's wild. Like two years ago, my business didn't exist, and right? now the the five battle songs that are or the four or five battle songs that are in a category twice, uh, you, like. And for like Dalen and you and I both were in two or three categories. Oh wow! It's like, yeah, that's like that's wild. That's that's, that's awesome. super cool. I can't wait to watch that. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um. So very cool. Um. Yep. Sorry, sorry, uh, David, you didn't win, but like, like you said, I, to be nominated, I think is super cool. Like that's. Oh yeah, totally. Becoming I mean, pillars I don't know, of the to, industry. I don't like it's. It's weird to me because. People's like, oh, you're getting so big, this, that, or the other, or like you're a mainstay in the, you know, you're a household name, yada, yada. And I'm just like, I'm just some idiot who feels like he's in a garage still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like I, yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm just in my garage, just having fun, just being an idiot. Yeah. I, I always think like if there was a camera in our shop of just like Zeke and I completely messing around all day, every day. And like we're doing work, we're putting knives together, we're selling stuff, we're making cool things, but yep. it is it is two dudes fooling around and that's just that's <laughs> and we're <awesome>. here. <laughs> yep. So all right, let's wrap it up before I completely lose my voice. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Happy thanks, thanks, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Bye. Goodbye.